Hello, I'm Rabbi Iggy, and welcome to Tattoos and Torah. Hello, I'm Rabbi Iggy out of the Chuva Center. Welcome to Tattoos and Torah. Thank you for joining us. Man tracht und Gad lacht is an old Yiddish saying, meaning man plans and God laughs. Life is unpredictable. The best laid plans in life can change unexpectedly, which can bring up a storm of feelings from personal setbacks, heartbreaks, losses of loved ones, illness, accidents, and more. Many things can change. Sudden changes are not uncommon occurrences in our life. If this year, in fact, has taught us anything, it's that life, even global life, can change in a day. So I want to talk about change, and I also want to talk about uncertainty and the moment of panic we might have realizing that we control, in fact, very little in life. What that brings up for us is a great deal of not just anxiety, but also maladjustments, attempts to either control what is uncontrollable or create chaos to deal with the feeling of having no control and the chaos inside. In recovery, we often find that addicts try to control and manipulate their families, loved ones, and others around them in an attempt to deal with those demons, with that chaos, with that sense of not having any control. But it's not just for addicts. This is for all of us. We all live and accept a certain degree of uncertainty, both on a personal basis as well as community, and especially again these days. But many of us fight it to such an extent that it harms us. What do I mean? Well, we can't go through life being constantly vigilant, right? We can't constantly be on edge, although many people do feel that way. For many people, that's one of the effects of PTSD, for example. But many of us try to not constantly live on edge. Some of us, of course, lock our thoughts and our fears away, ignoring them, pretending it will all be fine in a way to try and attempt with an uncertain future. Of course, in trying to deal with the future, we try and keep safe. It's important to keep safe. Keep out of moving traffic, childproofing our homes, wearing helmets when biking, sunscreen, of course. Also, buying insurance when we can, hoping for the best but preparing for the worst. Those are ways that we deal with the future, with the anxiety of the future, with the uncertainty of the future. And some of these, of course, are very positive ways to deal with the future. But it illustrates and it doesn't take away from our fear of what's going to happen things that might happen in the future, things that we have no control over. Perhaps one of the most important lessons we learn in recovery that we can teach to everybody, even if we're not in recovery, right? You don't have to be an addict to be in recovery, is surrender. I speak about it in a different podcast, and in many ways it serves us not just as a tool for a better life, but also an acknowledgement that we have very little control in life. And that the more control we try to impose on life, the more painful it is and the more toxic it can become. I'm not suggesting we just let it happen without trying to use our power to have a better life or, like I said, to make our life safer. 
But what I'm talking about is our attempts sometimes to control things that we can't, to try and hold on to things that really cannot be held on to. I want to make sure that we distinguish between control and power, right? Those are not the same thing. Often I find that people feel the lack of power for whatever reason, and because of that, they try and controlling things or controlling others or other people's around them, or other people's lives. Many times, of course, using intense manipulation as a type of control that we think we can have because we feel so powerless over a lot of other things in our life. And we find that in a lot of people in a lot of different ways. A different way that sometimes people try and exert a control or deal with this uncertain future is future telling. Crystal balls, tea leaves or coffee grind readings, runes, horoscope, necromancy, hand reading, clairvoyancy or tarot cards and so many other ways. And whatever you believe, whether it's true or has any potency or prophecy or whatever, I find that people use these methods, these kind of methods, to try and alleviate their fear of their future. That lack of control I keep talking about. Perhaps the most important thing of it is the inevitability of death and the seeking of meaning as that death approaches or it always looms there. It has been used as a tool like that for centuries to look at the future, right? Tarot and other ways to sort of look at the future and therefore banned for many Jewish circles. If you had a chance to listen to our event last night, uh, we will publish a recording of it. You might have heard or learned that it is very interesting that the uh, origins of tarot cards have a Jewish origin. So perhaps not a tool for telling the future as much as a tool to look inwards versus outwards. Instead of asking the cards or the crystal ball, whatever, to tell you what's going to happen, using perhaps the cards to focus on what's happening right now with me inside. It is a powerful tool to make meaning, to interpret, a way to try our skills into interpreting our inner world rather than seeking the outside world to tell us something, something about the future, something that is impossible to predict. Nonetheless, our traditions in our own Talmud say, Rabbi Babalchana said in the name of Rabbi Shmuel Bar Marta, who said, in, who said that Rav said, citing Rabbi Yosef of Hutzal, from where is it derived that one may not consult astrologers? As it is stated, you shall be wholehearted with the Lord your God. Coming from Deuteronomy. In that sense, they said the Torah demands absolute faith in God and acceptance in his, her, their justice without attempting to predict the future, to be innocent with God, if you will. While this approach of the Talmud is sweet, naive, uh, and also admirable, we know that for many that faith, that blind faith, Allowing for God to take over in many ways is not enough. Many of us do not have that. And I don't even think that that's really what we should be aspiring to. Doubt has also a very important place in faith.
But we're not going to talk about doubt in a second. But we know that faith alone cannot relieve us from fears and anxieties. Everybody has them. It's part of the human condition. So many of us seek more. We want more assurance. And of course, God does not offer more assurance. So when I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking about changing my perspective. Maybe not dealing with uncertainty and choosing to change the word, the idea from uncertainty to possibility. Looking at where I am and what brought me here, I have to acknowledge that there are leaps that I attribute to luck, fate, magic, whatever. However we wish to call it, I'm sure that's true for people. <clears throat> However we wish to call it, I'm sure that's true for other people's life too. A somewhat non-linear move in your life. That, the possibility, is a way to look at the future and not get stuck in fear, anxiety, or attempting to control it. Can we allow ourselves to think? Could it be rather than trying to control and being attached to a specific outcome, we can acknowledge that if we are fixed to a specific outcome, we are perhaps limiting ourselves. I've said this before that I think we should look at what we wish for for ourselves in three ways when we seek to ask for something. When we ask for something, the universe, the powers that be, whatever, your ability to recognize it can be one of three answers. And I think only one of these three answers. Yes, wait, or something better is coming along for you. Now, this does not mean to have no goals in life or to not work hard to get them. This means to me that we have to explore our relationship to things that change, to transition, to be open and to invite holding attention between what I can accept and what I cannot between possibility and uncertainty, between perhaps and I want that for sure. I want that for sure or fixed goals mean that we think we can control it. We think we can somehow really have exactly what we think we want. But again, the future, as we all know, is uncertain. And if we are too narrow-sighted, we may lose possibilities for more or something different. In that surrender we were talking about, we allowing ourselves to shift our perspective and to not let go, but to create a different tension that allows us to observe what's going on rather than trying to control it when we cannot. An illustration of this is, of course, the Serenity Prayer. Many people, I'm sure, know it. Written by American theologian um, Reinhold Neighbor. It goes, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. So ask yourself, what can you change in your life?
What can you do to make it better, more meaningful? What can't you? Do you know the difference? Knowing the difference starts with these questions. When I think about how to properly deal with uncertainty, a few things come to mind. Ask yourself, what does being in control mean? What feels most triggering to you? Is it financial security? If it is, by the way, we're about to launch a uh, financial well-being program. Um, stay tuned. Go to our website and you can get a notification. You can sign up for the um, list there. Maybe it's scheduling. Do you hate changing plans? Maybe that's what brings you anxiety about the future. Maybe it's knowing where your loved ones are or people around you. That also can bring a lot of anxiety around the future. Examine which situation make you feel secure and which do not. Understand what it is that sort of triggers when we think about control or the future. Identify what you want or need to change, like we said before. What would you like it? What would you like to be different? Your love life, your work life, home life, residence. What is it exactly that you want to change? What is it exactly that scares you? What are you worried about? Can you make any changes? Maybe that's the time to make a plan to change some of that. Maybe you want to hire a therapist or a spiritual counselor, a mindfulness coach, meditation expert, financial planner. Maybe it's a life or business coach. Maybe it's a new class you want to take, a skill you want to learn, a degree you need to get, a certificate you want to do. What do you need to get that done? What can you afford? Maybe the resource is among your circle, among around you. Barter systems, free services, groups, vocational help. Can you identify things that will change how you see the future? And can you do something about it? Then I want you to think about your past and where are you now? We have to stop using language like what if I or had I only. We have to stop the cycle of shame and guilt over our past to know that everybody has shame and guilt. We've all done things to not allow us to be judged by ourselves, thinking other people would judge us for the things we've done or said to be okay with our present to say, okay, now I can change. I can do better. I can do tshuva. Allow it to inform you in what you have become. I've often said this to people in different circles. Think about the things that you are ashamed of, guilty of, or things perhaps that even has hurt you deeply. And ask yourself, how is this the best thing that's ever happened to me? What did I learn from it? What did it develop in me? Skills, empathy, ability to deal, ability to understand, to see things. Ask yourself, how is this something that you have learned from and can grow from? Change your perspective on it. 
not to take away the pain, you cannot do that. But to add to it a dimension, a layer of perhaps I can use this for my own growth and my own benefit and my own meaning. Do you have a routine for yourself? Create space that you can depend on to deal with the future and your anxiety. Allow yourself to have space in your life for you. Meditation, exercise, sleep hygiene. Don't come at it from a point of view, oh, I should meditate today, or I should do this, or I should do that. Choose a time that you can commit to every day. It could be five minutes. And do it. I'm going to do it for a week. Start with a week. And go from there. Create space. If you want this change, if you want something new, if you want to deal with the future in a way that is productive to you, you have to create space to allow you to be prepared for it. Find a spiritual practice. Dealing with the future can change when you know what you are connected to and that you're connected to something greater. That connection makes us part of a larger story. It expands our field of vision and we get to see things differently. We get to experience them differently because we know that we are not alone, that we are part of a collective, a people, a community. That we are part of something greater than ourselves. And therefore, we'll never just be alone. We may feel lonely sometimes, but we are not alone. And then, of course, if you want a path to the future, you have to figure out what your values are. Make sure that you know what you stand for, what's important for you, to be able to deal with whatever life throws at you. Because when you know what you stand for, who you are, the values that are dearer to you, whatever life brings, you have a compass of how to move forward with it, how to choose your actions. If you don't know what your values are, go again to our website, chuvasin.org. There's a value clarification exercise there that will be very useful for you. Lastly, self-care. Real self-care. Doctor checkup. Dental cleaning and checkup, emotional and spiritual checkup. Chuva Group, for example, is a great way to spiritual checkup, and it's part of our work here at Chuva Center. We avoid these doctors, these visits, these checkups because of fear. But when we do that, we create more chaos in our life, more toxicity. We try to avoid, we choose the illusion, we choose to not take responsibility of ourselves and to not really look in the future and just allowing our feelings to just float around thinking like, oh, I don't know what will happen. We cannot be helpful to others or the world, by the way, if we are not well. The metaphor used often is in an airplane when the oxygen masks fall, they say put it on yourself before you put it on somebody else. Even if you care deeply about them, even if you say, oh, I care them, I care about them more than me, still put it on yourself first. Because if you, because if something happens to you, you can't take care of them. I'll end with a quotation from Buddhist teacher uh, Pima Chodron. That nothing is static or fixed, that all is fleeting and impermanent, is the first mark of existence. 
It is the ordinary state of affairs. Everything is in process. Everything. Every tree, every blade of grass, all the animals, insects, human beings, buildings. The animate and the inanimate is always changing, moment to moment. Acknowledging that everything changes all the time is the key to accepting that we too change all the time and nothing is really permanent. Saying otherwise is holding on to an illusion. And that's just not real in any way. When we allow ourselves to understand that everything change, when we allow ourselves to be open, prepared, and allow ourselves space to observe it rather than try and control it, we are able to have a lot more equanimity, a lot more understanding, a lot more compassion, and a lot less anxiety and stress in our life about the future. Thank you for listening. I'm Rabbi Iggy out of Chuva Center. I'll see you next week. Thank you so much.